Okay. Um, welcome back to After Hours with Amanda. I know we were gone last week, but y'all, the computer ish issues. The computer issues, okay? Not to mention the like strings of silence I had no idea were happening on my last two episodes because I'm using a different program on a different computer and I'm feeling so techy until I'm losing like a minute of the podcast, which is just like beyond beyond. But I am winded. I am winded because I am running around like a chicken with my head cut off. But now that we've just dived in because I have no chill, obviously, and no intro music, which to those of you that have reached out to me about intro music, y'all are the salt of the earth. I just cannot commit to figuring out any of that stuff right now. So we're just going to keep it like down and dirty in my closet. I've got coffee that I've been trying to finish for the last like four hours. By the way, it's iced. People are like, oh, you should get hot coffee and then ice it. And I'm like, no, I just continue to ice my iced coffee that then becomes like coffee flavored water. But um, yeah, I figured out. So this is what was happening. Well, the first program was like glitching. So then I did another program when I recorded the other episode and found out that if I don't move the good old mouse on the computer, well, then the silence happens. I didn't know like when your computer went to screensaver mode. I mean, I don't want to call myself a professional, but this just feels like the things professionalism is made of. Um, I'm super stoked about this episode. I'm so freaking excited to share with you guys what I want to talk about today. I feel as though even though this is going to revolve kind of, you know, around that parenting shtick, I have three children. Why not? Um, I feel like it applies to various areas of life. Will I touch on those? If I remember. (laughs) But let's just, let's take it back to when I was pregnant with London. And if you're new here, now that we're two minutes in, might as well get this plug. Welcome to After Hours with Amanda, the podcast about parenting that is for everyone, even if you're not a parent. And I think that that's somehow the tagline. But if you hear my eyes, it's from my iced coffee. It goes, mm. I need all the things flowing through me to keep this energy going to get through the day. All right. So we're taking it back. Journey with me in your mind, circa 2013, right? It is July, my friends. The middle of July. And when I'm talking about July, I'm talking about like in Sacramento summers. And granted, if you live in Arizona, you're just going to like discount what I'm saying. And you know what? I'm okay with that. But a Sacramento summer is just, oh my gosh, I can't. Like it's so hot, y'all. So hot. And I will tell you something. I was pregnant. And by pregnant, I mean my due date was like the 9th, no, no, like the 13th of July. And I gave birth to that sweet baby girl on the 21st, y'all, okay? You know those movies where it's like, oh my gosh, y'all, it's my due date, my water broke, I'm here, it's happening. This was not my story. I was overdue all three pregnancies, and I remember people being like, your second one, it's just going to fly. And I will tell you something, the labor flu, getting to labor, I was still like four days late. And then even with the third, I was like two or three days late. Don't ask me about details because I have forgotten most of that except for the actual delivery itself. But it's 2013, middle of Sacramento summer. The state fair is out. And I remember it being the state fair because the nurses would joke that when I went in the week after the state fair, that they had so many 
deliveries that week because it was hot. And as pregnant ladies, we're out and walking, getting our sweat on to get that baby out. Okay. So I will tell you first baby, it's all the things, at least it was for me. I don't want to generalize here, but first baby, I'm like, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. I've never had any children, but I have a lot of opinions on this. Okay. And I know exactly, I know exactly what I'm going to be doing. I know exactly how this is going to play out. Um, yeah, I'm just going to be like the perfect parent. You don't even know it right now. Like organic, what homemade, what only this, only that, like I had a lot of opinions. Like I was a pro parent before, like I was even a parent (laughs) and I'll never forget. I went in, I had London, the whole scenario. One day we'll get into all of the like birth story of London, which I had all these expectations and it, it was fine because in terms, when I say expectations, I meant I had watched movies (laughs) and I had seen, you know, like, uh, what to expect when you're expecting. And I did not read that book because it's still to this day as a parent of three, that book gives me anxiety because it just over prepares and over like, I don't even know, feeds you knowledge that you may or may not need hypothetically, but makes you think about everything. Anyways, I know I'm talking fast y'all. Like I said, the caffeine level in here is high. I still have no idea why I sing. Anyways, so we are in there and the doctor is doing all the things. I have London. It's beautiful. It's amazing. I stay the whole two days after. Um, I didn't do a C-section or anything with her, but um, we're rolling out of the hospital, right? I just remember we do all the things. They hand me this. I was enamored with her, by the way, this beautiful baby doll, like this sweet angel. Like I was... When they handed her to me, I will tell you something. I will never forget that moment. Um, And I'm not talking about that instant love. I'm just talking about the miraculous, like the miraculous knowledge of you sitting there pushing and then them handing you a human. You're like, I'm sorry, wait, what? Like, it's a mind trip. I know that people talk about the instant love and I love that. Um, It's, that's, that's a whole other episode we'll get into because it's like different with your first and your second and your third, at least for me. But I remember them handing me a human being and I was like, oh my God gosh, like, holy my Lanta, that was in me? That, like, that can't, like, what? Like, who? No. Anyways, so we're rolling out of the hospital and the nurse hands me the baby. She wills me out to Blake in the car. Now I want to preface this with, we're like 26 years old at this time. We had been married like three years and she hands me London and she's like, I'm so excited for you guys. Good luck. And then she like, gets us in the car. She checks the car seat and like we drive away. And I will never forget. We're leaving the parking lot and I'm looking at Blake and I'm like, they just let us leave. Like we have a, like, do you know what to do? I don't know what to do. Is she supposed to sit in the car seat like that? What is her head too wobbly? Should, should we have bought the head stabilizer that came with the car seat? Why didn't we do that? Why didn't we think like the immense terror of the fact that I was like, what in the world? Like, okay, okay, so we're just here. So I have a child. Okay. So like, I totally like, all right, I'm ready. Send me the knowledge. Like, when's the automatic, like, the when are the brain waves just going to come that tell me like, ooh, Amanda, in the knowledge of all that is mothers, here is your mother earth knowledge. You know, like that tree in Pocahontas that just like has all the knowledge. <laughs> Like, where, where's my packet, people? And I'm not talking about breastfeeding. I'm not talking about, like, L&D classes, the tour of the hospital. I'm talking about, like, a basic knowledge of feeling like you know what to do. 
And I'll never forget telling Blake, I looked at him and I go, I'm like, I'm in the backseat. I'm hormonal. Duh. And I go, oh my God, it was harder to adopt a cat in college, Blake. And he's like, what are you even talking about? I'm like, don't you remember when we adopted Nemo? They made us fill out this whole questionnaire. They told us all these things. I mean, we had to basically like sign our souls in the fact that like we wouldn't declaw him. Like, like, what are the qualifications here? Like, what are we doing? And I just remember telling him, I'm like, oh my God, we don't have groceries at home. And he's like, what? And I was like, we haven't gone grocery shopping, you know, like, ah, like we need groceries. And he's like, I don't think she does. I'm like, no, but we need groceries. So I remember him taking me home. I put her because infants, the first couple weeks, it's like, it's like, I don't know, God knew what he was doing. They just sleep for the first couple weeks. So you feel like you have some sort of grip on things. And I just put her in this little safety bouncer thing, not a bouncer, but like a little bed thing. You know what I mean? It was like a safe place for her. And I hop in the shower and he went and I'll never forget. He picked us up Chipotle and he bought groceries. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I am so underprepared. I have no business being a parent. And what this episode with that long introduction is going to focus on is the fact that actually, do you want to know something? You are not qualified to be a parent. Neither am I. I want to strip away. I want us to dig into this idea that we in any, like any world, any thinking, have any business being parents. Having kids, oh, I see the silence bar. Having kids is, um, let's hope that didn't actually tune out. I've been, I've been moving this mouse like it's my second job. It, It's so funny to me that you have children and we start raising them and we start doing things with them and we're doing all the things and we're being all the parenting things. And somewhere along the lines, it's like, okay, I'm the parent. So that's why you got to listen to me. But what qualifications are there to be a parent? Like, have you ever actually thought about this? Like I have had some nighttime 2 a.m., wake Blake up and like ponder the meaning of life conversations surrounding this issue of somehow us all getting this innate knowledge that qualifies us to be parents. There's no course. There's no qualifications. There's no, you have to meet these things. Like, uh-uh. It is you, it's, it's like you can procreate, but the responsibility and the overwhelming feeling of not knowing what you're doing that comes with that is insane. And here's what I want to say with that. I don't want to say, oh, you have no business being a parent. You should feel inept. I want to say that we have no business being, being a parent, and that's why we feel inept. And that's normal. And do you want to know why that's normal? Because we've never been parents before. I mean, imagine, imagine if you walked into a store, right? I'm going to go into Target, right? Oh, Target, don't even get me started. I'm going to walk into Target. I'm going to buy myself a new set of pots and pans. I'm going to set myself up with a spatula. I'm going to get the seasonings. And then I get home and suddenly they're like, hey, Amanda, we're so excited. Welcome. Your new job at the restaurant starts today. I'm sorry, what? What are you talking about my new job? Well, you have all these supplies. You are a chef. Welcome. No, 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 no. Like chefs go to culinary school. They learn things. They do things. They have experience. They work prior places. Like just because I buy pots and pans doesn't necessarily make me qualified. And I would never feel guilty about that. I would never come home. And if y'all know me, you know that if it's not like me ordering a box of food delivered like Green Chef or DoorDash, the cooking these days is slim, okay? 
So we don't expect that of ourselves. We don't expect us to go in and buy a set of pots and pans and suddenly be a chef. So why and in what world would you expect yourself to have this incredible gift of a child and then suddenly have all the answers? Why would we hold ourselves to that unrealistic expectation? What kind of expectation is that? And what kind of system does that set us up for feeling about ourselves when we don't know what to do, right? I mean, I've been there, 2 a.m., up, breastfeeding, kids crying two years down the road. When do I pull the pacifier? What kind of bottle? All these silly, trivial things that we hang our, I don't even know, our identity on instead of realizing that this is a new role. Frankly, that child's in a new role. They, they've they entered the world. They're this new human being and they don't know what to do. And they're looking for answers and they're looking for clues and they're defining themselves. Like, And we come into that and we don't give either of ourselves grace. We immediately say, I've lived longer. This is my qualification. I've been here longer. I've been here longer. And in some way, when we don't have the answers, we demean ourselves. And in some way, I think when our tiny humans share with us their thoughts, their concerns, we go to invalidate them. And I've done that as a parent. I'm like, oh, well, you haven't lived as long. I I am the parent here, right? So I obviously, I've got this on lock, you guys. But I think that instead of acting as if we have all the answers, which is completely untrue, and I believe 100%, I do not have the answers, nor would I ever have all the answers. Honestly, I would never want to have all the answers. Like who, who would want that responsibility? That's a lot. I think that rather than looking at it and saying, I have no idea as a parent what I'm doing, we should literally embrace the idea that we have no idea what we're doing as parents and people, but you know what? We're going to figure it out. We've got this new little tiny human on our team. We've got hopefully a support system, whether that's a partner, whether that's a person, whether that's family, whoever that is in that support system with us in this new role that we're taking on that is simply another part of us, another facet of us, something to become a part of us. Instead of seeing that as such a deficit, embracing it. And seeing it as such an incredible opportunity to learn and to grow and to learn from each other. Like, I cannot tell you, and I say this all the time, and if you follow me on TikTok, you know my kids are constantly schooling me on life and the opportunities I have to learn to be a better human, to think outside the box, to be empathetic in a world, in a world that wants to right now shove everybody into these boxes and close it off with one fact or one conversation. My kids are constantly literally cracking the egg on my life and being like, wait a second, mom, but, and they're throwing empathy in the game every single time, every single time they're doing this. And I think that it's unfair for you as a human being, whether you're a parent or not. And I'm speaking to people, if you're listening to this, because I know I've got incredible people that listen to this podcast that aren't parents. Not knowing what you're doing is fantastic because do you want to know what? You're learning. And you're going somewhere and you're going to figure things out. And at 34 years old, and I say this all the time, I never thought I'd be on TikTok. I didn't even exist. I never thought I'd have a podcast. I never thought that this is where I'd be because I'm still developing as a person. And as I develop, so do other things. So if you feel completely underqualified, if you feel completely clueless, if you feel completely inept in whatever you're doing, congratulate yourself. Because do you want to know what? You can only get better at this. You can only learn more. You can only further develop. 
I have found out, and this is something I say all the time, there is no room for ego in parenting. And do you want to know why? Because to have ego in parenting is to say that you are the authority on all of it, the end, the beginning, and all the in-between. And really, we're not. We are guides to these tiny humans. And I love being a parent. And yes, there are some things in our house, be kind, do kind things, you know, use kind words, be a good human. Don't lie. There are things that as an older person to my children, tiny humans that I have learned in life that I want to impart to them that I would love to share with them. Okay. It doesn't mean it will apply to them in all areas because they're their own humans, but it does mean that I can be open to learning from them as well because with fresh perspective comes new learnings. And I think when you take the pressure off yourself of having to be the parent and putting yourself in that role to be in this very level hierarchy of here's the parent up here and I'm holding my hands in my closet. (laughs) Here's the parent up here, right? You're up here. I'm the parent. I'm the authority. I've got the knowledge, okay? And you know what? You're right on some things you do. But when you see it as this hierarchy rather than as opportunity of the seesaw, right? This seesaw of your teaching, your learning, but you know what? Sometimes your kids are going to have stuff. They're going to have learnings. They're going to live life differently. And I, I remember like growing up that we always joke, and I think the joke still applies a lot. I don't know if it does, because frankly, I, as I go on and as I learn more things about social media, I feel like I'm learning a whole other language when people speak some days. But you know that saying like, I walk 10 miles barefoot in the snow to school and da 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 Well, I I feel that on a spiritual level, I had several grandparents that lived through the depression and I will tell you what, they did not take complaining. And on some level, I'm appreciative of that because they just would like tell me, you know, Amanda, you you can always complain, honey. You there's always going to be an opportunity to find something to obsess over, feel um, kind of like, oh, well, that's, I don't get that. I should have that on, but you know what you need to start doing? You need to start looking at things and saying like, yeah, okay. It is unfair. Yeah. Okay. I don't, but you know what? I'm still going to do X, Y, Z because I'm going to do it for me and whether it's fair, I'm going to get it done. Right. But the thing about that is, is that what I think that saying fails to take into account is we, I, I don't have to walk 10 miles in the snow to school. I don't. And I don't know that journey. But I have respect for it and I value it in the learnings. So why wouldn't we on the flip side of that, knowing that we're not going to have the same journey as other people, as our tiny humans, as our partners, why wouldn't we give them the same respect and validity for their feelings and their learnings and what they have to share? Why does it discount them because we feel ours is more valid? How is I've lived longer, I know more, actually functionally helpful to anything? So when you feel those moments that you feel that I feel, I'll tell you, I've never felt crazier than when I had my third child. And I don't like to use the term crazy. I've just never felt more out of control because you would have thought that this was literally my first rodeo, y'all. I called my friends nonstop. I had two girlfriends um, that I just called nonstop. I had probably like... Three hysterical crying sessions a day where I called my dad. And I still, I mean, I talk to my dad frequently. He's like my homie. But I had frequent hysterical of just like calling him like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And he's like, okay. But he was there for me. And he'd always start the conversation with, honey, I know you don't feel like you know what you're doing. But you know what? That's a great place to be because the expectation here is you don't have to know what you're doing. You can just sit within yourself for a second. 
fill that out and then see where to go. See, I think this belief that I don't have any idea, I'm underqualified to be a parent, I think it's true. We're not qualified because there is no course good enough. There is no book helpful enough. There is no situation, no best friend, no people who have kids, people who don't have kids, people who've already had kids, people who have college kids. It doesn't matter because nobody's going to have your kid and nobody's going to have you as their parent. And we need to stop using that comparison of I don't know enough or I don't this. And we need to start taking on that human element of having empathy for ourselves in that moment, in that journey and say, oh, this is a really good place to be. Because if I don't have any idea what I'm doing, I am open. I am open to learning. I'm open to learning alongside this tiny human because they're beginning their journey, right? I mean, they've they've hung out with you nine months. Like I loved having the baby with me all the time. I loved rocking that belly because I just loved having a buddy with me. I loved being able to go places and never feel alone. And honestly, like that's how I felt about it. I People can say what they want about becoming a parent. And yeah, okay, there are sacrifices because you're bringing another human being into this world. It's not because it's a child and it's so taxing. It's a human being. Do you know what I mean? Like, honestly, I feel like puppies are harder. Y'all, we just got a puppy. And that puppy, I think, has kept me up more nights than my children ever did and is more high maintenance. Like, I just can't even begin to. And I've always joked that when people would get frustrated with like the dog mom, mom situation, I'd be like, oh, no, 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 no. Hand me a child. (laughs) Because it's hard. Dogs are so, oh, they, I mean, and you know, it's just like their emotional state for me. I'm like, oh my gosh, you are really like, okay, it's okay. Like it all, it all matters for animals. It all matters for kids. But honestly, I feel like being a pet, a pet owner is really difficult some days because I'm like, I, I don't know what you want from me. And then it takes me back to when my kids were infants. But the thing is, is that feeling like you have no idea what you're doing is right on. Because to assume otherwise would be to say you have any knowledge. And we don't. I'm going to tell my kids as they grow up different stories that happen to me. I love when London says, does this happen to you as a person? Did this happen to you? And I'm like, oh, girl, let me tell you the different ways. Like, I've got all the stories, honey. Like, you just need to know. You are not alone in this. We recently went through a thing with her at school. And she's like, did you ever make a mistake like this? I'm like, oh, girl, let me just educate you on absolutely 100% I did. Absolutely. And I think that that allows them to feel less alone, I think, sometimes when we share that. But I always preface it with, honey, this was mommy. Your situation is different. But I can tell you what happened for me. And if that makes you feel more comforted and if that gives you a little bit more um, validity, that's great. But also what happened to you is a little different too. Like, let's go there. But I want to encourage you today. If you are just feeling like you don't know what you're doing, be proud of yourself. Do you want to know why? Because it means that you don't have ego in that moment. And instead of looking at yourself as some, that woman knows what she's doing more. That parent has a better idea on it. My mother could have done better. My aunt could have done My grandparents knew more. That parenting guru, whoever is blah, 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 blah. That book knew what to do. Stop doing that. Because do you want to know what? Those books, that material, that person, those people you see first off, they do not have your child. They do not have you. You get a clean slate, the two of you. That's your journey. It was made for you. You were made for each other. And I firmly believe that. 
I believe that when those tiny gifts were given to me, and I will always see them as my tiny humans, probably until they're like, I don't even know. I will always just see them as these gifts that were given to me. And when you start to see the fact that it is just your journey and their journey, and it's something that was made for the two of you, it was created for the two of you, you can stop comparing yourself because it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter what other people did. It doesn't matter what other people would do. And I think that there's something to be said. I will say one thing. I love being able to reach out to friends that I trust and know and love. I love being able to have family that I can call and say, hey, can I ask your advice on this? But I think at the end of the day, we take all of that stuff into that into like a big mixing bowl, right? Take all the advice you got. Take all the questions you have. Take all the books. If you read any of them, I didn't because half the parenting books terrified me. But take all of that stuff. Throw that in a giant bowl. Sprinkle in you and what you feel you should do because I'm telling you what, your mom gut will grow with time and you know your child better than anyone and don't let anybody ever tell you different. Don't let anybody tell you different. No one knows your child like you do. Mm -mm, No, ma'am, okay? And then toss in who your child is and what you feel they need. Stir that up and see what shakes out. Or you know what? (laughs) Throw it in a shaker and see what shakes out and formulate it for you. Because every child is different. And I was just so awestruck this week when I told my husband, I looked at him, I said, oh my gosh, Blake, I'm just feeling that vibe again. And he's like, what? I'm like, that feeling you get when it's like, holy cow, we created together this human being with, you know, my homie Jesus. Like we created this gift. It was entrusted to us, you know, and and There was literally no qualifications for that except for, you know, physical interaction, but we'll just leave that at that. There was no, you need to do this, you need to do that. So when you're comparing yourself to people, who are you comparing yourself to? The standard of what? Like, obviously, it goes without saying there are standards for being a good parent to children. Take care of them. Love them. Do, like, hello. Like, feed them. Do those things. Like, yes, of course. Those basic things that should be given to human beings in general. But who are you comparing yourself to? Who are you saying is more fit to raise your child? Who are you looking in the mirror and seeing and then demeaning yourself for? Who? Tell me. Who is better suited to take care of the child that was gifted to you or the the tiny human you get to learn and grow with? Nobody. Nobody. That's the answer. And there are so many things, and I think that this applies to other areas of life. There are so many things where, especially when you get into college, I don't know if I have any college students listening right now, but let me tell you, y'all, college. If there was anybody that ever felt unsuited for that, it was me. I was so excited to go and I was so clueless when I got there. I was horrified. College scared the bejesus out of me. It was like, you're 18. What are you going to do with the rest of your life? Figure it out, Amanda. You have to have that 20-year plan lined up because if you don't, you're off course because you're off course. And I'm like, I used to literally sit and think like, but who am I off course? Who made these rules? Who said I'm off course right now? Like, I just feel lost. And this is why I ended up changing my major five times spent an extra semester at college because I spent so much time focused on the fact that if I was undeclared, it would look like I didn't know what I was doing instead of just realizing the first two years is basically GE stuff that you could literally do anywhere and that you can figure it out as you go. And newsflash, yes, I would say 
in daily life, I use my degree. It's an interpersonal and organizational communication, which I'm obsessed with. It was like the psychology of how you communicate with each other in relationships and in the workplace. And it was like the coolest major. I'm telling you, I loved it. Argue, like we took classes on argumentation, on disagreement, on how women communicate, how men communicate. I freaking loved the last two years of college. I could have done that forever. I could have done like five more years of that. But the thing is, is that there's this weird, uh, unknown, ungiven rule that's like figure it out at 18. And that was terrifying to me because you want to know what something's funny? Any ideas I had of what I was going to do at 18 have fallen by the wayside. And I had no idea what I was doing. And I still honestly, on some level, have no idea what I'm doing. So I'm really glad that I have kids that are like figuring life out too, because I can journey that with them on their own level. Lennon will come to me with something and she'll be like, mom, I don't know. I'm in first grade. I don't know this and that. And I'm like, girl, me neither. Like, let me, let, let's just talk this out together. And you know what bugs me? This unwritten rule where pe- people would tell you, are you your friends? Are you your kid's parent or their friend? This is a very, very big thing when I was growing up. Are you their parent or are you their friend? Because to insinuate that you're their parent means that you've got to control in the situation and you're going to raise good kids. To insinuate that you were your, your kid's friend meant that you had an imbalanced relationship with them and that there was going to be trouble. Now, let's preface this. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm saying I didn't like that thinking now being a parent because do you know what I feel like? I feel like I am my kid's journey mate. Like I am somehow their tour guide, right? I've done this tour a couple times. I have some stuff I want to share with them. There are some guardrails they definitely want to, you know, veer away from. Like I had a brother with addiction. Okay. Like if I told you the innate fear that lives in me that I have to shut down every single day when it comes to addiction, I I could spend 12 episodes talking about that and how that affected our lives and what that was like growing up with that. It was... (sighs) It's shaped me into the person who I am, so I am grateful for it, but it was such a trauma to grow up with. So as a parent, there are things I want to guard my kids against, not against, but away from. I don't, I don't want them to encounter that type of pain. Can I control that? No. And I think that's the difference. I don't think I want to pick. I have to be the only the parent and I can't on any way seem like ever. I'm like, oh, hey, buddy, want to go do? I, no, I want to scrap that. And I want to say, I have no idea what I'm doing because there's no qualifications to being a parent. But do you know what I do know? I do know a couple things about life, humanity, people. I know that at the end of the day, the one thing we miss in this world a lot right now is a hug and empathy. It's the ability to not want to shove everybody into a classification, to not want to say, well, you don't know. Well, you know. Well, you're right. Well, you're wrong. It, It all, it's so divisive. And what I want to do is I want to look at my kids and I want to say, you guys, I'm older. So obviously when I tell you don't run in front of a car, mommy's right. Mommy is right. Cause I want you to be here for the next umpteen years. Okay. When I tell you not to be rude to someone, absolutely don't do it. You need to be a decent human being. Like these are the things of being a good human, but I don't feel the need to control my kids in a way that forces them to feel like the decisions they're making are not their own. I want to equip them. I want to teach my children how to think, not tell them what to think. I want to put tools in their toolbox so as they go, eventually when they grow up and become that quote unquote adult, which usually they qualify people as adults at 18, not that that means anything. Again, 
These are just things that have no qualifications, but somehow become a thing. I want to equip my kids that when they get to that point, not that they don't need me anymore out of some, I don't need you. I'm going to do it. I'm on my own, but they don't need me because they feel satisfied that they can make those decisions for themselves, but they want me because they need me in a way that has value adds to them. So when you see yourself as underqualified, I want you to start to change that perspective. I want you to start to change your mindset. I want you to start to say, you know what? It's really cool I'm not qualified because you know what? I'm not. I'm not. I don't know what I'm doing, but I have this really cool opportunity and I have this really cool human that's going to teach me some stuff too if I'm open to it because there doesn't need to be ego in parenting because the parent doesn't have to be right all the time. You can be open to being wrong. Apologies are more important than ego. Do you want to know why? Let your kids know it's okay. It's okay to apologize. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay to not know what you're doing. There's a grace in that. There's a learning in that. The pressure that the kids are growing up with nowadays is even more, I think, than I was there. Now, for my time, it felt a lot for me. So, of course, that's on my level. But I think there's so many other factors, too. So if my kids don't know what they're doing, I don't want them to feel like it's a deficit. I don't want them to sit there and think, God, what a failure I am. What a disappointment I am. I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm talking to like a you know, 15-year-old, right? Because man, when you're a junior in high school, oh, I remember, take the SATs and start picking the colleges because the college is going to determine your life. It's going to determine everything. And that is, that is true on some levels. It tells you where you're going to go. It tells you your degree. It tells you what opportunities you might have, but it does not determine who you will be. Just like not having any idea what to do as a parent or being absolutely terrified of the thought doesn't determine the type of parent you're going to be. You determine that. You have control of that. Whether your parents were good, great, in between, not great, whatever that looks like, whether you didn't grow up with parents, whether you grew up in the fosters, whatever your situation looked like, when you become a parent, that doesn't have to matter. You can make the journey of you being a parent matter. You can heal the the parts of you that need to be healed to be the parent you want to be. By journeying and embracing that ignorance you feel, that sheer fear that I have because I've never been a parent to London at an eight-year-old because she'll turn eight this year. I've never been a parent to a junior higher. I've never been a parent to a teenager. But instead of fearing that and projecting that and trying to control that, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to head dive. I'm going to literally cliff jump, feet first, and let's keep ourselves safe, right? Pencil jump. (laughs) I don't actually cliff jump. My husband does, and I find it absolutely terrifying. But anyways, that's a whole other thing. Um, I'm going to jump in with it. I'm going to jump in with the security of knowing I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm going to jump in with the security of knowing that I can teach my kids to be better people than I am. I'm going to jump in knowing that there is a seesaw to our relationship, not a hierarchy, because it's not a balance of power. I don't need to be the one in charge. I am. I'm older. Like I I have a responsibility. Instead of seeing it as being in charge, I want to change that to I have a responsibility to them to do my best, to teach them to be a good human, to teach them empathy. I want to do my best since I'm the one in charge of the situation and, and brought this human life into the world. I want to give them tools. I want to equip them. I want to teach them. I want to help them. It's not about me being the parent or the friend. I want to be the tour guide, the support system. I want to help them. 
I want to parent them to the point they feel safe that they can come to me and they know they're going to be taken care of and secure. I want to be the friend side of that so they know they can talk to me and be open to me and that I will unconditionally love them. I'll never forget when London had this incident at school last week and she had made a mistake. And frankly, I made the same mistake at that age. I did this. I got in trouble almost identical, which was hilarious to me because she'd never heard the story of when I got in trouble first grade. Oh, my girlfriend, Brittany and I. I will tell you what. Okay, I'm just going to tell you the story of what I did. I don't even care that we're over at 35 minutes. Y'all said you didn't mind the longer episode. So here we go. I was in first grade. I was going to the school in Southern California that I loved. I had a best friend named Brittany. Ooh, were we trouble. I will tell you what. They they used to, oh, we, we'd get in so much trouble together because we would just egg each other on. And we would get on the swings back when they had swings at school. And we would lean back with half of our back, put our legs up. And I'm talking you like butt out to the teacher on duty, right? And we would yell at her. <laughs> I can't believe I'm telling the story. We look at her, look out for the brownie automatic, you know, because it's your bum. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, that yard duty teacher told us probably about two or three days. Knock it off, girls. I mean, Brittany, not, they were very understanding because they're like kids or kids. Nope. That, that, that fourth day was a no holds bar. We got sent to Miss Cavaloni's office, the principal. <gasps> Whew, I cried so hard, y'all. Oh my God, I cried so hard. I was so scared. They called my mom. It was a whole thing. Um, it was just frankly terrifying, right? It was just, it was no bueno. But it's funny because London had an incident, not that obviously, good Lord, not that, but London had a little thing at school like that. And it's, it's funny because I had never told her that story. And so I was like, oh, actually, you know what? here you go. Like, here we go. So anyways, I tell her the story and she's talking to me and she's feeling very down because she did get, she got in trouble. And she looks at me and I'm like, baby, I don't know why you were afraid to tell me. I need you to understand. Why were you scared to tell me? You know, you can tell me anything. The number one rule we have in our house. And I would tell us to anyone, I don't like lies. Lies do not benefit anyone. They only end up growing and they become unmanageable. And so I always tell my kids, please be more afraid of lying to me than you are of getting in trouble. And there have been several times when I have let them not have any type of discipline whatsoever because I would rather them tell me what's going on at a young age when it's manageable and I can deal with whatever it is, which is like a small issue, than be so afraid to come to me that they don't call me. Instead of my kids saying, oh my God, what's my mom going to do? I literally want them to be the, parent, the kids that are like, oh my God, we have to call my mom. And I meant, oh my gosh. But Lennon looks at me and she, I said, Lennon, you know, I'll love you no matter what. And she's like, well, mommy, well, what if I did this? And I'm like, oh no, girl, anything. She's like, well, what, what if I X, Y, Z? And I said, Lennon, there is not a thing on this earth. I may disagree with you. I may not think it's the right decision. I may be disappointed. Those those all may be real things, okay? Because I'm a person too, and I have feelings. And I have, you know, feelings on things. And they're for me. But there is absolutely nothing on God's green earth that would make me change how much I love you. It's, it's a non-negotiable. It's not even up for discussion. I don't even care. I will love you till forever and a day, as my mom would say. I will love you, as Buzz Lightyear would say, to infinity and beyond. And in our house, we add past eternity. There's nothing. And she sat in the back seat and she was like very shocked by this because, you know, kids think like, well, what if I eat all the fruit snacks? Well, what if I spill my juice everywhere? Like, it's so sweet. But the thing is, is that there is nothing she could do or any of my kids could do that would make me ever stop loving them. 
Because frankly, for me personally, as a Christian, I believe God loves me unconditionally. I can do no less for other people, right? It doesn't mean I like everything, okay? Like, I love people. It doesn't mean I like everything, okay? But I feel like that was an important moment for her and I. Because at the end of the day, that matters. And I looked at her and I said, you know, London, I want to tell you something. You got in trouble, yes, but do you know what? As a mommy, I'm figuring this out too. I'm figuring out how to deal with this situation. I'm figuring out what the best thing is because I don't know everything. And because I don't believe that there be should be an ego in parenting. And I don't think that that hierarchy is helpful. And I don't think my child, assuming that I have all the answers to everything is beneficial to their self-esteem long-term. I'm okay with saying, I don't know. And there's no shame in that. So this is now in 40 minutes. And I'm going to let you guys go. But I just want to tell you this. Instead of seeing I don't know as a deficit, start to see it as an opportunity. Start to realize that you not knowing what to do as a parent or a person means that you're taking out the ego in parenting. That you're taking away that weird strange pressure that tells you, how could you not know you are so much less than everybody else? You're taking out that voice, which is just you telling yourself those things, projecting them onto yourself, bullying yourself like we've talked about. That's just your inner bully roaring its head. And you look at that in the mirror yourself and you say, you know what? I don't have any idea what you do, what I'm doing. And you know what? That's okay. You know why I'm okay with that? Because I don't pretend to be the authority on everything. And that's good. That means that I don't lead my life with my ego. That means that I don't think that I have the answer to everything. And that means that I have humility as a human being, which allows me to have empathy for others, myself, my children, and all those included. So embrace the not knowing. Embrace the inept feeling you have. Embrace the fact that I felt it was harder to adopt a cat in Los Angeles County than it was to walk out of a hospital with a live human being. And embrace the fact that if you are terrified of being a parent, if you're pregnant, or if you've had a baby, or if you're just terrified in general, that that is okay because you're going to figure it out. And the really cool thing about being a parent is you get to do it with somebody who literally loves you unconditionally. Because as I have said before, even when you feel like you're doing nothing, you're somebody's superhero. Thank you for spending time with me. Thank you as always for joining. I love, love sharing with you guys. And I hope that there's not a lot of pockets of silence in this. Let's just keep our fingers crossed, y'all. And now I'm going to go handle the rest of my business.